Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, how many came for more than for a service? You came for an encounter. What a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord. Well, the title tonight, I'm in trouble. Let's begin with Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 34. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Verses 28 and 29. The angel came and said to Mary, Rejoice, you're blessed and highly favored. And the Bible says that Mary was troubled. Blessed and highly favored and troubled. That seems the out, like the outworking of the will of God in a person's life. The outworking of life itself as you seek to serve the Lord. Now thankfully, blessed and highly favored outnumbers troubled two to one. How many are thankful for that? But we can't stop at verse 28. We'd maybe like to stop at verse 28. Blessed and highly favored and cut 29 out of the Bible. But the text is the text. Mary was blessed and highly favored, and she was troubled. Troubled at the cost. Troubled at the rejection, the strain, the demand on her life now. Like Mary, we live a charmed life. We are people of a holy duty and a heavenly calling. We're blessed and highly favored, so much more than we even realize. But it registers in our spirit who we are and how precious we are to God and the great and high destiny that's on our life. But we are not without trouble. Mary was troubled at the strain that would be required. At, do I have what it takes to live out my life properly for God? Do I have what it takes to live out my life in the will of God? What, what God's calling us to is an impossible way of life. I don't have the miracle inside me to cause the will of God to prosper and to fulfill and do all that God requires. But there's one thing that God looks for in all of us, and that is willingness, that we offer ourselves. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, come and do your will in my life. How can this be? How can I fulfill that call of God? How can I do this high and holy calling and live for God? the way he desires for me. How can I do it? Verse 34 again. Then Mary said to the angel, How? How, Lord? How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One is who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, Mary. You can't live this life. It's an impossible life without the Holy Spirit. You can't fulfill the destiny and call of God. But something's going to happen to you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. And the seed of miracle life is birthed within you. And you will bring forth the will of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month with her for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so here we are tonight. There's nothing impossible with you, God. Let it be to me according to your word. I can ask how, but you already have the answer. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon us. And the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow us. And something's going to be put into our life that causes us to walk out the destiny and the calling and the will of God for our lives. Blessed and highly favored, yes we are, and troubled. How are we going to work it out? How are we going to fulfill it? Well, Mary was troubled. Jesus was troubled. The Apostle Paul was troubled. I'm troubled. But at least I'm in good company. 2 Corinthians 4, the Apostle Paul, he said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, verse 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed. King James says, troubled on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the crucified life. Death to the flesh and life to the spirit. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. I mean, if anybody was blessed and highly favored, it was the Apostle Paul. But he was also troubled in working out the will of God for his life. The call was high and the cost was great. And if we understand it in our lives tonight too, the call on every one of us is great. But the cost is great as well to serve out the will of God. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 to 6, Paul said, For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side troubled on every side outside were conflicts inside were fears nevertheless God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus Jesus was troubled John 11 32 at the tomb of Lazarus then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning, himself, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus was troubled, troubled at the sorrow of this world, of what people have to endure, the loss of loved ones, pain and heartache, all the ill effects of the fall. He was troubled in his spirit. He groaned in his spirit. There was a compassion. There was an intercession. He carried the burdens of a broken world. Jesus was blessed and highly favored, but he was also troubled. In John 12, another passage, verse 23, but Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, him, will my, him my Father will honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Jesus was troubled in carrying out the will of God, in walking through this world, carrying the burdens, fighting against the darkness against principalities and powers, feeling all the pains and the heartache of men and women. He was troubled. He didn't seek escape. He said, Father, for this purpose I came into the world, to serve out my life in your will and make a difference in this world and break the powers of darkness and bring light and deliverance and salvation to people of the earth. Father, glorify your name. Father says, I've been glorifying it all along in your life, and I'm going to glorify it again. Maybe you're here tonight, and you're troubled, perplexed by life and circumstances, troubled by circumstances, troubled by people. Psalm 38, verses 6 to 10. David said, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. So this is really weighing me down. So I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you. And my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants. My strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. Sometimes we face severe trouble and affliction and pressure. I am troubled. I'm bowed down. Verse 21, do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. What do we do when we're troubled? What should we do 
when we're troubled? Number one, let God comfort you. <laughs> let God comfort you. He knows how to comfort us. I mean, he's been comforting a lot of people for a long time. He knows how to comfort his people. If we will let his presence and his comfort come upon us, say, Lord, I need your comfort. I need to, you to draw close to me with your word. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 7, 6, Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast, God who comforts the downcast, when you're downcast, you can expect the comfort of the Lord to come upon you, his consolation, his presence. God comforted us, he said, by the coming of Titus. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost, fully and finally, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. We have the Son of God in the heavens. He is making intercession for us. He is seeking to comfort us in all our distress and trial. He will come upon us by his presence. Let God comfort you. We can get so agitated in such turmoil, and like the psalmist was saying, even our heart is overwhelmed within us. He cried out to God, Save me, O God. Be near to me, O Lord. And we know the Lord will comfort. Let's take the comfort of the Holy Ghost when we're in times of trouble. Cast ourselves on his presence. Let God comfort you. When you're troubled, number two, pray. Pray. James 5.13, is anyone among you suffering? King James said, is anyone among you afflicted? Let him pray. That is God's answer. Doesn't say, let him get on the cell phone, call all his friends, tell them all about our troubles. Get on Facebook, blurt something out. Maybe you'll get some encouragement coming through. Is anybody troubled? Is anybody afflicted? This is God's answer. Let him pray. Times of intense trouble require intense prayer. That's the way it is. It's like we're ordinary prayers, intercessions, worship, supplication. But we, when we run on to hard times, extraordinary times take extraordinary prayer. Some situations are more desperate. Some circumstances are more trying. And God says when you land in those troubling times, let him pray. 
Get into seasons of seeking God. You may need some fasting prayers, some watching prayers, some prevailing prayers. Get into the presence of God and begin to pray your situation through. Like Jesus, so troubled as he faced the cross, but he gained victory. He gained victory. Whether God delivered him out of trouble or whether God delivered him through trouble, he already had the victory because he prayed and he sought God. Let's look at Mark chapter 14, 32 to 36. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Take this cup of trouble. Take this cup of suffering away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Luke's account, chapter 22, verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. It's an hour of trial. It's an hour of testing. It's an hour of trouble. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He prayed more earnestly. Intense troubles and pressures take intense prayers. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And now let's go to Matthew's account because there's a change at the end. Matthew 26, 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Sometimes we have to drink the cup. There's a cup of suffering. There's a cup of trouble. There's a cup of difficulty. Sometimes we have to drink the cup. We're not delivered out, but we're delivered through. 
Jesus could say, if this cup pass, cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus came to the point where he understood, my father's not going to lift me out. He's going to take me through. And Jesus drank the cup and passed victoriously through the trial and through the trouble that was before him. Two disciples came to him one day while they came through their mom, James and John, sons of Zebedee. They sent mom to talk to Jesus. They said, Jesus, we want to, don't tell the other disciples, but in your kingdom, one of us wants to sit on your right hand and the other on your left. It says when the other disciples heard about it, they were really upset because they had the same motives going on in them. James and John had beat them to the line. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. He said, are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of? Are you willing to take the rigors of the gospel and the pressures of kingdom ministry and the call that's upon the people of God? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized with? Are you willing to immerse yourself fully in the will of God until nothing matters to you but the outworking of God's presence and will in your life, morning till night, day after day, and you serve God with all your heart? And he said to them, because he knew their call and their destiny, he said, you will surely drink of the cup that I drink of. You'll know the sufferings of the cross. You'll know the demands of the Christian life and of ministry. You're not just going to live a high life, blessed and highly favored. You're going to know the troubling that comes for those who really want to walk with God and serve him with all their heart. And you will be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Blessed and highly favored and troubled. You know, a number of years ago, I was in trouble, and a great troubling came upon me. But I had a word of God in my heart. Fifteen or twenty years ago, a great trouble came upon me. But I had a word of God in my heart. You know, sometimes when you're reading the word of God and a scripture jumps out at you, and you say to yourself, I may need that scripture one day. And the Holy Spirit witnesses the same. Well, I had a word in my heart. It's an obscure little phrase in the Gospels where Jesus said, Rise, let us be going. And one day when I read that, it went down into my spirit. And I said, I'm going to need that word one day. Those were the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples after the upper room. And they were now going to cross over to Gethsemane. He said, rise, let us be going. He knew what was before him. And he said those words again after he'd prayed through the trial and the trouble in Gethsemane. He said to his disciples as he went out to meet Judas and the soldiers, he said, rise, let us be going. I mean, how can you not admire the courage, the spirit of our Savior, the Son of God, as he stepped out into the fray and went out against the enemy? Well, I had this word from God, and when trouble landed on my life, and I was severely troubled, that word quickened in my heart so quickly. Rise, let us be going. And I said in a moment, I said, Jesus, 
rise and let us be going. And I had to go through a trouble, but it was not without some escapes. See, that's how the Lord leads. We may face troubles and some trials, but he does not leave us in the dark all the way. He gives us little miracles and encouragements and some God incidences and some things come alive in us. That's how he works with us, doesn't he? No temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, has taken hold of you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not permit you to be tested and tempted above what you are able to withstand, but will with the testing make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Thank God for his escapes. Thank God for his little miracles. Thank God for his touch. Thank you, God, for your times where you do alleviate our pain, even though we're still walking through trial, and you give us encouragement. That is the way of the Lord. Pray. Intense prayers. What do we do when we're troubled? Pray. Seasons of intense prayer bring breakthrough in our lives. Like Jesus, a soul troubled, if I have to drink this cup for it to pass, then I'll drink it. But the Lord will give us victory through it and bring us out on the other side with joy and fulfillment and purpose. Number three, find rest in the coming of Christ. Let's have the worship team return. Find rest in the coming of Christ. You know, if all else fails, this will not fail. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 to 10. And to give you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed because you received the gospel. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. One day, all the troubles and trials will be over. All the pain and sorrow and suffering of this world, all the wickedness, the corruption, the wars and the strife, one day everything will have passed away and we will stand in the presence of our God and we will admire Jesus Christ and we will be brought to life in a new heavens and a new earth and all the former things will have been forgotten for they will all have been washed away. Let's find rest in the coming of Christ. That's the great promise of the Lord upon us. 
Jesus said in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's stand together tonight. What do we do when we're troubled, when we face trouble? Let God comfort you. Let God comfort you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're troubled and you're vexed and you're perplexed. Let the presence of the Lord comfort you. Maybe you need a season of prayer. Slip away from some normal activities and go and seek the Lord. It might be a few weeks. It might be a few months. So i got to draw near to God. But let's rest in the coming of Christ. One day, we're going to reign forever in the new heavens and the new earth. And Jesus Christ, our Savior, will have come. Maranatha, our Lord comes. Well, let's close out tonight in surrender. The altars are always open if you'd like prayer tonight. Have people pray for you and lift you up for any need. Let's surrender ourselves tonight in the presence of the Lord.